0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. It's great to be with you here and online. Great to have you uh, watching in on us. We're in a series called Good News, and we're looking at the good news of the gospel, different aspects of the good news of the gospel. As it is Advent this, uh, this month, then we're going to look a bit at some of the good news of Christmas. We're going to look at the baby that changed history. Jesus, this little baby, changed history. This is good news. So uh, you're probably looking forward to Christmas for many reasons. But the real reason for Christmas, of course, is that Jesus came. So I'm going to read from uh, part of the Christmas story in Luke The, the message of the angels the angels to the shepherds was good news. And it was good news of joy. It was good news of peace. But the heart of the good news is that God has sent a saviour. Yeah. God has sent a rescuer. Like Tony started the meeting with, that we are like sheep. Sheep always need a rescue, something to rescue them from trying to kill themselves from the day they're born. Uh, That's the wisdom wisdom of a shepherd from Herefordshire. That sheep need rescuing. They try to kill themselves. And we need rescuing. We need a saviour. And Jesus has come to be our saviour. What does that mean though? What does that mean for a saviour? Now I I know someone, a friend of mine, he became a Christian. And people said to him, now you've been saved. And that completely confused him because he'd never heard that before and he, and he, said, and he said to me, what other, saved from what? What on earth does that mean? We have a saviour and we've been saved. So we would like to be saved from many things, I'm sure. We'd like to be saved from taxes, saved from the economic crisis, saved from the heating crisis, saved from our team getting knocked out tonight. <laughs> All sorts of things we would like to be saved. So what when he's, when he's sent a saviour, what is he saving us from? In Matthew 1 verse 21, uh, the, are the words spoken to Joseph, at, about this time just before Christmas, uh, spoken to Joseph in a dream by an angel. The angel said, she will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God saves. And Jesus came to save his people from their sins. So what does that mean? Does it mean that I don't suffer the consequences of my sin? Well, in part. The major consequence of our sin is that we are separated from God. And Jesus came To take away that separation, sorry, to take away the sin, that we can have a relationship with God again. And that's why He came, to save us from our sin, that we could have a relationship with God. Now, in the Bible, when it talks about being saved, what it means is being made right with God again. And the Bible tells us. How to get right with God again. So, made right has lots of different names in the Bible. Justified, but it basically means that the sin is taken away and we can be friends with God again. We can have his presence in our lives. Now, in the the Bible, in the Old Testament, there was already a way, uh, before Jesus came, to be right with God. And it was called the law. The law was a, a set of laws, the ten commandments are ten of them. But there's a whole load of other laws uh, to live by and obey. And they would have have said, uh, the the Jews at that time of Jesus, that our saviour is Moses. He brought the law and the law saves us. They would have said, Moses is the saviour. And it's quite simple. You obey the law and you're right with God. Uh, You just keep all the law and you're right with God. You are saved. There is a slight problem to that. Is that nobody can do it. That we all fall down. This way of trying to, the, trying to um, get right with God is called self-righteousness. My, by my effort, keep the law. And if I keep the law, then I'm right with God. The problem is, none of us keep it. But there was in those times, people that thought they could do it. They thought they were right with God, they thought they'd obeyed the law enough. Uh, (coughs) Jesus talks about these people in in a story in Luke 18. Luke 18 verse 9 says this, Jesus, to some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other tax collector. The Pharisee was the religious person, the religious person that that knew the law and prided themselves on obeying it. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will, will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The truth and the problem is that no one can keep the law sufficient, because the standard... The past mark of keeping the law is perfection. If you can perfectly keep all the law, you'll be right before God. And none of us do it. So in the New Testament, Jesus brought a new way of becoming right with God. And that is called grace. We sang about that. Grace, what have you done? Murdered for me on the cross. This is what the... Jesus came for, to bring grace. The law came, the Bible says the law came through Moses. Grace came through Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are saved by grace, not works. By God's gift, grace is God's free gift. Can't earn it, don't deserve it, God loves you anyway, that's grace. Can't earn it, Can't don't deserve it, God loves you by his gift grace, his free gift to those that don't deserve it. Works is when I, by my own righteousness, by my own obeying the rules, uh, think I could be right with God. Works. The fact is we've got to understand that we are helpless. There is nothing we can contribute to being saved. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Our part is nothing. We, we 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 have nothing to offer. We can't just try harder. We can't just promise to do better. We are lost in sin. We are sheep that gone astray. We are like a sheep drowning. Drowning in water. And it's no good to say sheep try harder. Swim faster. It won't work. But you say, don't I have my part? Isn't faith my part? Well, it kind of is. Faith is this. What are you going to put your trust in? Are you going to put your trust in your own efforts or totally in what God has done on the cross? So the simple answer is, no, you, you yes, you put your faith in Jesus, but you paid nothing towards the, cro- the price of your salvation. You didn't pay a penny. There was nothing... Because if there's something we can do to earn a bit of grace, then it's no longer grace. It's got to be a free gift. If anything we do earns us a bit more grace, it's not grace, it's works. So we put our trust totally, totally in Jesus. Now, some people might be thinking, what you've explained is how to become a Christian. And I have. But I'm also describing how we live the Christian life. Because what often trips us up as Christians is what tripped up early believers. In, in, uh, and we see this in the Bible. Now the early believers, many of them were Jews who had been converted to Christianity and put their faith in Jesus. And they, they had been used to obeying all these laws, thinking that if they just do better, they'll be right with God. But then they put their trust in Jesus. But then people started teaching that they had to also obey the law or they wouldn't be right with God. That was the teaching that was coming. False teaching. But the good news is that we don't have to fulfil the law to be right with God. The fact is if we think that any of our good works can help us Uh, be more right with God, then we're putting our trust in the law and not in Jesus. Does that make sense? But in in the book of Galatians, this is a letter written to the Galatian church, Paul is writing to people that have started to say and believe that they had to also fulfil the law to be good Christians. They had to uh, follow the Jewish law. And he writes to them this in very t- strong terms. In fact, he starts off saying that if you put your trust in the law, then you have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. You're, you're going to lose your salvation because you're putting the trust in something that won't get you saved. So he writes in Galatians ver- uh, chapter 3, You foolish Galatians, who put a spell on you? In some versions, it says, Who bewitched you? Very strong terms. You have been bewitched. Before your very eyes you had a clear description of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Tell me this one thing. Did you receive God's spirit by doing what the law requires or by hearing the gospel and believing it? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is that they received the spirit of God not by obeying the law but by believing the message of the gospel. How can you be so foolish? You began by God's Spirit. Do you now want to finish by your own power? This is the crux of it. Often we start by the Spirit, in other words we receive the free gift of God's salvation, but then we're going to live our life by our own power. What do I mean? Oh, let's finish the scripture. Did all your experience mean nothing at all? Surely it meant something. Does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you because you do what the law requires, because you heard the Gospel and believe it? And you might think, that's not relevant to me because I wasn't brought up as a Jew. So I never obeyed the laws. But what often comes to us is this thought, now you're a Christian, you've got to go to church. You've got to read your Bible. You ought to pray. You ought to be good. You ought to help others. Are they good things? Have we got to do them? No. Well, we ought to. Maybe it'd be good. But anything we do adds nothing to our salvation. Hands up here if you pray enough. Pray enough. What's enough? Enough. Hands up here. Anybody who reads their Bible enough? No hands. Oh, one hand. What's enough? What does the Bible say is enough? So we're all judging ourselves and we've all failed. Yeah? You don't, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. We've all failed. All failed. The fact is, none of us have failed if we put our trust in Jesus. Did I prepare enough? Did I pray enough about this sermon? What is enough? What is enough for God? What is the standard? You know what, some people, when they pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit, they think, I don't know whether I'm good enough. I don't know what I deserve. So let me ask you the question. How good is good enough for God? How good is good enough? Nothing is good enough. Only Jesus was good enough. Putting my trust in Jesus. However, we must understand that whatever we do, however good we can be, will not make us more right with God. We are right with God because We believe in Jesus. We put all our faith in being right with God in what Jesus did. Murdered on the cross. This is grace. Was it that the lines say, it's hard to make sense of it all. It is hard to make sense of it all. Grace grace is scandalous, as we sang. It was an offence in the church. Because they're saying, the people that really try hard to obey the law aren't right with God, and somebody who simply says, I believe in Jesus is made right with God. Well, in simple terms, yes. Actually, some people said, in that case, well, we can just carry on sinning. Doesn't matter. That's not what it says. It seems like that, but it's not. The fact is, the only way we can stop sinning is by change inside that comes through faith. In the, in the grace that God's given us. It's grace and not the law. So we don't have the Jewish law, it's not what we obey, but we do in our minds sometimes have this law that there's these things we've got to do to be right with God. And I haven't read my Bible enough or prayed enough that I'm not right with God. I'm not in a good place with God. Are you in a good place with God today? Put your hands up if you're in a good place with God. Yeah, because Jesus put you in heavenly realms seated with Jesus that's a pretty good place hands up if you feel like you're there today (laughs) Mm, not too sure what's the truth? we're in a good place we're in a good place because Jesus put you there do you know what, I know that there's people here that we're in a cycle of, I'm not sure that I'm good enough for God to really love me. So I'm going to really try hard. I'm going to read the Bible every day. A chapter a day. How long does that last? A week? Two? Any, anybody tried that and, and, and done it for a whole year? You've read it every day for a whole year. I'm responding. Well done! Anybody done that and failed? So, yeah, yeah. Same person, put the hand up. And and just because when do you know what, when you did it that year that you did it, you are no closer to God. You're no more. Well, you might have been closer. You might have been more fellowship. But you're no better. No more right in God's eyes than when we fail. Because otherwise, if if we're right with God when we succeed, then then the cross is a waste of time. The cross is the waste of time. The fact is, we need a saviour. Not just to become a Christian, but to live the Christian life. We need a saviour, yesterday, today and forever, because we will fail. We need a saviour. We need his grace to be poured into our lives every day. Every day we fail and we need God's salvation. We get into this cycle sometimes of self-effort and then failure, and then condemnation. And then what do we say? Next week I'm going to read two chapters a day. <laughs> God will be impressed, won't he? God will be so impressed, they'll love me again. No. He's not impressed. You can't impress God. You can't earn his love. Because he loved you before, while you were a sinner. While you were a sinner he loved you and Christ died for you while you are a sinner. And we know that. But isn't this voice in our heads condemning us, accusing us. The devil accuses the saints 24 hours a day. He's saying you're not good enough. That's sin. That sin you did three days ago. I reckon it probably needs five days of reading two chapters a day before God will answer your prayers. God responds because of his grace and his love to us I'm not saying God doesn't respond to faith and to obedience I'm saying but we can't earn God's love we can't earn God's salvation by any of these and when we start to think that way and act that way then we're saying the cross wasn't good enough I need to add something it's grace not law it's faith not works So don't get into that cycle. How many have ever been in that cycle? Terrible. Terrible. Paul writes to the Galatians and says, "Where, Who has robbed you of your joy? That kind of Christianity will rob you of your joy. It will rob you of your joy because you will never be good enough. You will never fulfil. We've got to remember, we need a saviour. Every day, to become a Christian, to live the Christian life. We need a saviour. But Jesus is our saviour. He'll save us from our sins. Not just the consequences of sin. But. And so that we can go to heaven. But the power of sin. The power of sin. And the power of sin. Is the law. Jesus has rescued us. From sin. He has also rescued us. From the law. The law is good. All the laws. In the bible are good. But. What the Bible says, what the law showed us is this. It showed us that we're sinners. It just proved to us that we couldn't couldn't meet the mark. And pointed us to the fact we needed a saviour. Jesus fulfilled the law. He was the only one that ever did. And yet he died on a cross. That the, the, the law could be finished with. That we could receive grace. And by putting our faith in that grace, it's faith, not works. Guess what this produces? It produces good works. But the works don't get as right with God. The works are a result of that. Paul said this, I receive more grace than any of you. Why? Because he was a worse sinner, he said. It's not a competition, but he reckoned himself a pretty bad sinner. Or a good sinner. He was good at it. But he said, God showed me grace. And his grace in me was not without effect. I worked harder than anyone else. We think that grace, the message of grace, is going to produce a, a just an attitude, right, doesn't matter. That's not real grace. That's, that's just throwing away the word of God. And so... It's grace, not law. It's faith, not works. And instead of self-effort, we have the Spirit. The only way we can live the Christian life is by the Spirit, which he freely gives to each of us. He freely gives to each of us. I know some, some of you, many of us maybe, we try to earn God's acceptance and approval by the things we do and you would never put it in those words but subconsciously you're trying to win God's approval God wants to free you from that, you can't earn his approval you can't earn his acceptance because he already accepted you and so that's futile you may be, that's what you experienced in in life that you had parents that you always felt you could never do enough you could never win their approval God's not a father like that God loves you because, because you're his child. Parents love their babies. Babies don't do anything to earn their parents' love. All they do is cry, feed and make a mess. But, but they, they have the parents' love. Children of God, you have your father's love. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to earn it. To live the Christian life, we need to be filled with the Spirit and not be led with Him. The mistake is when we try to do it in our own way, by living by rules, by be better, try harder, pray more, read the Bible more. They're all good, but if we do those to attempt to uh, find favour with God, we will fail. We will fail. I completely lost myself in my notes. But the message is this God has sent a Savior. He's come to save us from our sins, He's come to save us from the law that means that it's performance-based salvation. No, it's a free gift of grace. He's come to save us from thinking that by our own efforts, our own works that we'll earn our way into heaven. It's by faith in God's grace that we will receive his salvation. And he's come to save us from um, having to do it by our own effort. He's come to save us, meaning we'll fill us with the Spirit. Fill us with the Spirit. So that we can live a life of joy in the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Not striving, not a feeling of condemnation, not a feeling of not good enough. It's love, joy, peace, patience. And that comes through the Spirit, not by our own effort. So I want to pray for us, that we receive this salvation I don't know whether you've already become a Christian, but the, the prayer is the same. You might be praying this prayer for the first time. What I'm say, what i going to pray is that we, we can escape from a mindset of, of thinking we have to do, try harder to earn God's effort, that we can freely receive the salvation and the grace that God gives us. Amen. I want you to put your hand on your heart. Tony said God wants to do some heart surgery. Thank you, Father, that you have accepted us because of the cross. The cross has paid it all. There's nothing that needs to be added. And Father, I pray that in our heart we would put our faith in the cross, in the grace that you have given us, and not in our own efforts, not in trying harder, but in you, Father. I pray where there's been um, a sense of, deep down in, that we've got to earn more, we've got to do more, we've got to earn God's love, just as maybe we've had to do that with people in our lives. That you're not like that. And I pray against that lie, that stronghold, that in Jesus' name, the truth of your love will come in and change our thinking. That we know, that we know, that we know, that we're loved by you. Pray for anyone that's saying this prayer for the first time, that you would come into their, their hearts by your spirit as they put their faith in you. In Jesus' name. Amen just want to pray, just keep your hand on your heart. Uh, I I felt as Tony shared that earlier, that maybe there's people that you have a heart issue and God wants to heal you. So just pray with me. Father, I pray that for anyone here that has uh, physical problems with their heart, that you would heal them in Jesus' name. Heal them in Jesus' name. And this would be a sign to them of your work in their, their heart, their inner being, their soul. That you are doing a work. Pray for that healing. You just command hearts to function properly, the valves to function properly. If there's any holes to be mended, any physical defect to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a joyous week. God loves you. God accepts you. If you hear that voice saying inside you, you haven't done enough, just say yeah, no. But God's done it all.